This is the Starcoach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 348. What are the elements that go into truly thriving as a coach in our own business? What creates that success energy, the momentum that we need to be able to move forward? That's what we're looking at in today's session with my guest, Jean Amlor, as we look at the growing pains that go into building a business. And we ask you, what is your highest impact action? Join us as we explore in this Star Coach episode. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome. It's wonderful to have you here. We have a great show this week. And as we settle into the concepts of really thriving as a coach, dealing with some of the chatter that we have in our heads, the self-doubt that gets in the way, and how to turn energy into what's going to reap the kinds of results that we're looking for for our clients, for our own businesses and income, for the impact that we're having in the world. Those are the kinds of things that we're looking at in today's show. And that's really what the Star Coach Show is committed to doing, helping you remove barriers that keep you from having the impact that you want, earning the income that you desire so that you can do this work that you're passionate about and really move the needle for your clients. So if this is your first time to the Star Coach Show, my name is Meg Rentschler. I'm the host of the show, and I've been coaching now for over 15 years, both as an executive coach as well as a coach instructor and a mentor coach to really help coaches create, like I said, the kind of impact that they want to have in the world by building their skills, building their businesses changing organizations with the power of coaching. And so if this is your first time to the Star Coach Show, I invite you to starcoachshow.com so that you can explore the over 300 episodes that we have about business building, skill building, and working in organizations, both as leaders using coaching as a leadership style, as well as coaching leaders. So many Wonderful resources have been shared over the years. I am uh, so grateful for the guests that we have, for you listeners coming week after week to learn and grow. And in that, this week, I am delighted to introduce you to Jean Omlor. She has been coaching for 12 years, helping all types of businesses scale. And she also works as, a, as an executive and impact coach for high-level CEOs and different icons. In the past three years, since she's moved to online work, she's really been able to scale her business to multi-millions by helping coaches and consultants and service providers 
scale sustainable businesses doing what they love. So as we explore today the success that she's had and what she knows to be true about mindset, about our habits, our energy, and the behaviors that we put into play, both in what what is it that sort of moved the needle for her when she moved to online business and the work that she does with coaches to really scale their businesses to six and seven figures. So I'm delighted to introduce you to Jean, and uh, I'll see you on the other side of the interview. John Amlor, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is delightful to welcome you to the show today. Well, it's delightful to be here. I know that we are, uh, I think I was sharing with you in our pre-interview that I get pitched for people to be on the show a lot. I think it's part of having a show that's been around a long time, the audience that I have. And so I'm super picky about who I allow to get in front of my audience and when I read about you and we talked, I thought, oh, yeah, we definitely need to get you in front of the audience because you are so passionate, as am I, about helping coaches thrive in this space. We both know that if coaches can't make a living doing what they're passionate about doing, then they have to make a living doing something else. And we're not getting our coaching into the world the way that we really want to. And so we thought, let's have a conversation about the elements that go into really thriving in this space, starting with the concepts of what are we telling ourselves? Like, what's our mindset, the beliefs, and then the energy that comes from that. So I know that's broad, but I just want to throw it to you and say, what comes up for you when we think about energy and mindset? Well, first of all, it's really, you know, when you were talking, it's not really only about like coaches having a job and making money. The second part of what you said is the most important part. If coaches aren't thriving, then all the people that they would be helping or serving or whatever word you like, those people won't be helped. They won't be served. There'll be no problem solving. They won't better other people's lives or help them to better their lives because they need to thrive first. They got to put that, you know, what's it called? The air oxygen mask on first. Yes. Okay. So that's what they need. That's more to the point. And I think that, that that part of the conversation, people touch on it, but it's sort of almost like a nod to it. It's almost like, oh, well, we're just saying this, but it's really not that important. And I sort of feel like there's a lot of fakeness about that. I don't know if you do. I feel there's a lot of fakeness about that, like, oh, yes, the impact. But when you really think about real impact, it's true. But I feel like a lot of people do a nod to that. But mm-hmm. they're really just like, oh, we want to like make a lot of money. Now, of course, I want to make a lot of money. Of course, we do. We have to make a lot of money. However, The reason why I make a lot of money is because I am emotionally connected to helping people make money. Exactly. And that those are the coaches that really I want to help. They're emotionally connected to helping people with their relationships. They're emotionally connected with money, with with whatever, marketing or whatever it is they're coaching on life. Okay. So now the question that you asked was about the mindset. Now for me, more and more and more, it really is, it really is. And I'm going to just quote Joe Dispenza, breaking the habit of being ourselves 
Now that book, it just like says it all and I'll just break it down. So my belief is we really have to get out of these emotional habits. We have to get out of these emotional habits of, you know, lack of anger, of resentment, of, you know, believing that we're not good enough, anxiety, depression, all those things. Scarcity. Yeah. Scarcity. Yes. Lack Mm -hmm. that people struggle with. And, you know, pick, pick your, they're all connected, right? Connected. They're all connected with not accepting or loving yourself. And when you're projecting that, you know, it's, you can still sell. I mean, I was selling when I was definitely not loving myself because people could see I could help them. So I am not in any way, shape or form saying that we have to have a perfect mindset to have a business because look at all the people that have great businesses that certainly don't have a perfect mindset or even, you know, an honest business, you know, like look at some of those people. So that would be folly to say, oh no, you can't. And I would never say that. However, you want to look at the mental health of the coaches. And really it comes to mental health. And I'm not a mental health specialist. However, I've been around long enough to know that if we wake up and we are like, yes, I love myself and I love myself enough to believe I can help those other people. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to help people instead of all this triple guessing and I'm not worthy and this. So that's the conversation is that people need to understand that they are worthy and ready right now. They're worthy and ready right now. Now, you might not be ready right now to be a rocket scientist because you don't have the science for that. It's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying fake it till you make it. I'm saying coaching is not rocket science. It really isn't, you know, despite what people say. It is a wonderful career. If you're talented at it and, you know, or you learn it, I mean, you don't even have to start off being talented at it. You learn. I learned. Certainly wasn't the best coach when I started. So that's when I think of the mindset. It really is our thoughts. And our self-love and waking up and just getting to a point where we can function because we're not, we're not being crippled by all those mindset issues to just sort of get through the day and get past the doubt and all that. When you can clear that, or I call it, it's to neutralize it. I actually mm-hmm. have a little practice. I taught my clients how to neutralize the emotions to be able to function. So that's where I'm going more and more is to neutralize those emotions. Okay. So. To your point, it is practice, it's an art, but it's doable. And it's something that if we're passionate about and we have the right mindset about what we want to bring and how we want to partner with others to help them meet their goals. And that's the whole thing. Are you in the middle of your session because you're so worried thinking about yourself? Or are you completely focused on the person that you're there to serve? there to to partner with to get to their goals. So we start with and and let's talk a little bit about energy and the difference in the energy if we're spiraling around ourselves and all of of those emotions that can be neutralized and what that energy is versus where we really want to get in what are we striving toward in in the place of energy to be able to serve. Great point. What we're striving for is we're striving for being in the present. And we all have issues in our lives. Like, you know, sometimes I'm going into a coaching program and call and something happens with my kids or some, you know, client or this or that. So we need to know and not be, we all know that's going to happen. It's life, but somehow people, human beings, we all are sort of sideswiped by it. I'm like, why are we sideswiped? We know that's going to happen like all the time. So I think we should expect the best You know, I I think that we should expect the best in life, right? However, also understand that 
you know, you'd be childish to say, oh, I'm just going to have a perfect day and nothing bad's going to happen or nothing right. bad, but no glitches will happen. I wake up in the morning with positive expectation. However, I'm smart enough to know I will have challenges in the day, small, big, whatever, just things, because that's life. Nothing's going to be perfect. And there's almost this sort of like dream that people go into that they think when I get to that level, everything in my business will be perfect. But yet in no part of our lives is anything perfect in our relationships, in anything. So why is business different? So the goal, really, what you're aiming for is just to be in the present moment with your clients and not be thinking. Because if you're not present, you're not going to be able to fully serve. And also that means it's all about you. Right. It really does mean it's all about you. And you you got to lose the all about you-ness because that's, you know, that's very um, self-centered. You know, that, that if you're coaching, you really need to put your ego at the door and coach your clients and give them your best in the present moment. And I think that presence of mind makes a great coach and is sometimes a struggle. But if you're not doing that, that means you're bringing all your energy from your life into your coaching session. And how are you going to serve those people? Because they're bringing all their stuff to you. And that was going to be my point. Not only are you not having a perfect life, your clients don't have perfect lives. So when you're able to understand that, not make it all about you, like, oh my gosh, you're right. I had the same issue happen at that, but it helps us connect with our clients when we understand that they struggle too. And yes, we struggle too. And and so if we have that expectation that things have to be perfect or just so, or we can't engage if we're, we're faced with challenges, then how do we engage with clients who are faced with challenges? We all have challenges. So it's part of being a human being and it doesn't need to cut us off at the knees. No. And I think it's also important to be a leader, but it's also important to be a servant leader. They, we're on the same level as our clients and we're not like, I'm above you. And I used to have those problems. Well, I mean, certain challenges I probably used to have that my clients who are just starting maybe are having, but we all have problems with stuff. And I say problems because we're not allowed to say the word problem anymore. Because we have to say challenges or obstacles. And I'm like, no, they're actually problems because a problem can be solved. An obstacle can't be solved. A challenge can't be solved. It can be worked on. <laughs> so you can solve a challenge, I bet, but but really, you know, there's a problem. It's a mathematical problem to be solved. And I don't know why the word problem got such a bad rap because we don't have problems. We don't have problems. Yeah, we got probs. Yeah, so, we got problems. Yeah, oh, problem, problem. Right. So that's the thing. And I don't think anybody, I don't think any client expects their coach to be perfect. And I think it's not serving the coach if they pretend they're perfect or that they're, they've never, I'm not to sh say share all their challenges. But to be right. vulnerable and say, you know, that happened to me and this is how I handled it. Or, you know, I get it. You know, you're having a bad day that we all have bad days. This is how you handle it. But I think there's also a thing where some coaches want to pretend like their lives are perfect and they're talking down at the clients and it's not connecting with the clients. So you work with coaches to get to six and seven figures. And as we think about mindset, we think about beliefs and energy. What do you notice about the difference between coaches who are struggling maybe to make break that barrier initially versus people who are who are working to get to that next level? So I, I'm willing to bet we've got different mindset challenges that you deal with with these different populations, or I could be wrong. So how does that land on you? Well, I mean, it's human to normalize numbers. So when things are working, it gives you more confidence. 
gives you more chutzpah. It makes you more daring. It makes you more magnetic, right? So that all that energy of a success energy, right? It's exciting for people, right? And you show up on social media differently and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that is feeding it. However, uh, for the people that maybe aren't there yet, they don't understand that that happened because those people moved towards that, right? So, you know, there's a, a bridge to gap, right? However, if you're just starting, these people need to believe more. They need to get into a belief. And I help my clients with that to believe it's possible. And once they see, oh, this is possible, then they can move towards that success. And then, you know, the momentum takes place. But you see, you can't go from nothing to then, you know, the success energy. You have to pass through the fire. There is always a fire at every level. There's a fire to pass through. The fire is just different. So it's not like you start and then you pass through the fire and then you're done and you've made it. Ah, no. You pass through the fire, you get to the next level, and then you have higher ambitions, and then you have to pass through the next fire, which is a different level of fire. It's like the different levels of hell (laughs) (laughs) and Dante's Inferno, right? There's different levels. So it's not all or nothing. It's not, hey, I'm not doing well, and I want to be the millionaire and have no problems. I just want to go from here to heaven. So it really is a progression. And when people understand process better... That it's not all or nothing. It's not, oh, I'm not successful. Now I am. It's, I'm not successful. I'm going to pass through the fire of doing whatever it takes, getting coaching, failing, picking myself up because I did that. I didn't go from zero to a million in 17 months with no fire. That's not right. And I, I'm very open about that. I didn't go from zero to a million when I started online four years ago. I've been coaching for 12 years, but online four years almost, you know, it, it, there was a fire. You have to be willing to take the challenge. That is a challenge. Take on the challenge of going through the fire that I will do this and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to take the coaching and I'm going to fail and it's not going to feel great all the time and, you know, going to feel bad about myself sometimes. That's what people often are not prepared to do. They are like, I just want the help and I want a magic wand. I don't want any pain. There's going to be pain, no pain, no gain, but you just have to accept the pain that and accept the pain with joy. Now that's a new thing for me. It's like live in joy no matter what I do. I maybe wasn't going to enjoy this, but I'm going to do that with joy. Even stuff like, you know, talking to my bookkeeper or my accountants, like, I don't love that. So it's like, you know what? It's a decision. It's a decision how you react, what emotions you're going to have. And this is high level stuff because we can't, you know, I work on this. Like I'll feel an emotion. I'm like, that doesn't serve me. So I'm going to change that. And this morning I was sort of struggling with some frustration. I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. That's the old me. How am I going to deal? And I dealt differently. I did. So it's really, you know, that you you want something. There is always a price to pay for wanting something. So I'll give you an example. Somebody comes to me, Jean, I want to get to, you know, 10K months because I just started or 20 or 30. Great. You understand it's going to take work. Yes. Are you prepared to do that? Yes. Great. So they're now in on it. All right. Then they have to do the work and they have to understand it's not going to be fun and there's not going to be no pain because you can't grow with no pain, growing pains. Kids don't grow with no pain. Exactly. Well, even think about the physical growth. I remember when my boys were in that sort of growth spurt and they literally ached. Their bodies ached because they were in a growth spurt. When we grow emotionally and mentally and and business-wise, there's a, a stretch. There's a, a, a pain that goes with that. And everything that you've said 
leads us to that place that we were going to dive into around when we think about our mindset and the energy and the beliefs, that's going to ultimately move into, if we just stay there, we're sort of an analysis paralysis, but what do we do? What's the action that we're going to take? So I think we're going to dive into some things we don't want to do and some things we do want to do when we are setting ourselves up to thrive, understanding that there's might be some pain with that. There's going to be hell or fire that we have to walk through. Where do we want to start? What do you want to recommend? The things we don't want to do, or do we want to lean into the things that we do want to do? I'll start with the don'ts because I think it's okay. easy. Don't do that. Okay. So you don't want to spend your life tweaking your website. Now this is a classic. And this has been going on since I started coaching 12 years ago. Most clients are like, I'm just going to fix my website. I'm like, no, 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 don't fix the website. Why? Because why? It's not the highest impact action. And I train on that. You want to look at the highest impact action to bring cash into your business because the highest impact action for the health of your business is always cash. It always is. There's no doubt about it because a business is there to bring in cash, revenue, profits to operate because it's a business. And people are very confused about this. Isn't it to create impact? Yes, it is. However, as a business, it just bring cash into the business or you can't create impact. It's not a business then. And that is the definition of a business is something that brings revenue in. Okay. Otherwise, it's a not-for-profit and even not-for-profits make a lot of money sometimes. Okay. It's a charity. Put it that way. Okay, so what you don't want to do is you don't want to get up and fix your website because all that's doing is it's just going to the mindset of I'm not ready and I'm just going to fix my website. But when you fix so your sort website, of the mindset that goes with that too, if this isn't ready, I'm not ready. Right. But it's really just time wasting. It's just mm-hmm. really just so people and, and people admitted this to me. I've seen this a million times. It's just to, to do something. I'm just going to fix my website. But what then? Uh, I don't know. So we're fixing the website with no goal in mind. Now, definitely fix your website if you're going to run ads to that or you're going to run SEO to that. Fix the website because there's a goal then as part of your strategy. If it's not part of the strategy, don't do it. Okay. Okay? So when you're first starting, people don't care about your website when you're first starting. I'm not saying websites are bad. I mean, I have all my reviews on there. See what I just said? I have all my reviews on there. And I I do some, you know, PR stuff. So, you know, we wanted the website to look good finally. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) Again, but again, we didn't fix it to be fancy. It's just authentic. So you want to, yeah. So that's the first thing. Don't go around and don't go writing. And I always hear, I'm going to write an ebook. We have, I've been hearing this for years. I'm going to write an ebook. I'm not against ebooks, but ebooks are kind of, even the word ebook is so like six years ago now, right? Right. Or 10, right? So concentrating on the assets, those are assets, assets. And I don't mean assets like money. I mean, assets like marketing assets, concentrating just on face, uh, you know, on the website, or on an ebook. What then? There you have an ebook and you have a website. Yay. What are you going to do with it? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to put it out there. How? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to, I don't know. Or building your, your list. Now, I'm not saying building your list is bad. It's good to build your list. However, if you have no clients, going and building a list when you have like, like not, nothing to say yet, really, because people don't know you, and to build a list and, and to concentrate on that, it's passive list building. You want to do it first. And then when you start getting clients and people, then you want to like concentrate more. So those are the don't do's. Those are the not to concentrate at first. Okay. Not bad things. Your website being good is not bad. Having an ebook is not a bad thing. And building your list is definitely not bad. Not the first things. Okay. And okay. sitting around all day, just thinking about your business is not what you want to do. Okay. Bah, don't do that. Now, what to do, what to do is write down 
your highest impact. So write down all the things you were thinking of doing and figure out which one's actually going to bring in a client. Fixing my website? Nah, it's not going to bring, you're running at? No, it's not going to bring a client. Nobody's going to stumble over your website and say, I'm going to hire you. Mm-hmm. It'd be a miracle if you're not known. Okay. Because people think they put the prices and they put packages on the website. People are just going to flock, but you got to get the people to the website. There's traffic right. problem. Okay. So you write down all the things you could do, and then you pick the one that's the highest impact action towards getting people on a call. If you're selling by call, or if you're clicking, you know, that's going to get them to buy. And then you say, okay, not this, not this, this is it. And then you just do it. You just. And so what are some examples of high impact activities that you do yourself or that you know your clients do, or mm-hmm. you encourage your clients to do? Okay. So say you're just starting, mm-hmm. right? The highest impact action when you are just starting is to get clear. So there is something, some development to do to get clear on who you are serving niche or avatar, super clear. You might need help with that because most people do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So your impact action would be like, I need get so clear on this. Do I need help? Who do I get? So hire a coach to help you. So Mm -hmm. you need to get clear on that. You don't want to do it yourself because it's so hard. Number two, you get clear on what you are coaching on. What is that? Is it relationship coaching for women who are divorced? Is it relationship coaching for couples? I'm just talking about whether you're a relationship coach. Is it relationship coaching with the family? So is it relationship coaching for people that have never been married? So you got to get clear on who this is for. Right. Because a relationship coach could go in lots of different directions as her example. And and it could lap over. Mm -hmm. could lap over. I'm just giving you an example. So the highest impact action, get clear on who your market is. Get clear on what you're selling and you are selling folks and get clear on pricing. That is the highest impact action at first. That's it. Because you can't sell something you don't know. You can't, you know, it's like going to Walmart and then there's all these shelves with like signs with question marks. We're not sure what was going to be here, but you want to buy it anyway? Well, no, I want to know if I want to be a t-shirt or a television. And right. if it's like, you don't know it, I'm not going to grab the question mark. Okay. I'm going to take this to the till, the cashier. That was Australian till. I'm going to take this to the cashier. And I'm going to say, Hey, I want to buy this question. What is it? That's kind of what a lot of coaches are doing. Right. Well, I'm just going to, they're, they shouldn't know what I'm coaching on. No, we don't. No, they don't. And <laughs> fuzzy don't. minds do not buy. No. Well, confusion does not sell. Same right, thing. Right. Exactly. Like so that's the, the highest impact action. The second highest impact action is to market it. Market it. Okay. Now, am I talking about ads? No. <laughs> First, don't touch an ad. Okay. All right. I just was on a, a call with somebody who's made over $20 million. He said, now we're, now we're running ads. He goes, we didn't touch an ad. Okay. He goes, now we're starting ads. So people are like, I want to do ads. I'm like, no, you're not ready. So mm-hmm. offer, avatar, pricing, clear, messaging. You got to get clear on, on the message, like your dolphin call. That's the highest impact action. And then how are you going to market it? My whole spiel, my whole thing that's made me millions is coaching people on organic marketing, organic marketing. So it's without ads and getting yourself out on social media. Those are the highest impact actions. Okay. And what she's saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that until you know what you're going to be sharing, you can't share fuzzy on social media either. So we want clear. And what kinds of ways do you think bring the biggest impact on social media? Like how? You you pick a platform and I help my clients work out because I look at their offer and I say, that would be better on LinkedIn maybe, 
mm-hmm. that would be better here. And then we work it out and you pick one platform. Thank you. And you mm-hmm. go deep on the plat and you master it. Okay. So what you don't, again, don't, people are doing this. Oh, I'm, I'm on, I'm doing all the things they say. I'm doing all the things. I'm like, oh no, all the things. No, all you're not things. doing all the things. So, so they are, they're like, I'm on YouTube and I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram and I'm TikTok. I just started TikTok and I'm on Facebook and I'm also, you know, doing this and that I'm writing a book and I'm like, oh no, it's too, you can't, you're spreading yourself way too thin. So thin. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to learn 10 different musical instruments all at once. You can't do that. You right. focus on one first and you master that. And then you, you know, add another one. It's like languages. You don't want to, my daughter's learning Chinese and I want to learn. I said, no, we're going to focus on one language. And then when you've mastered that to a point, then we can, because she already speaks like French and Italian and English. Mm-hmm. Her French and Italian are a little rusty. I said, maybe you should. She goes, no, I want to get the Chinese first and then go back and, and you know, brush up on the other ones. So basically, you don't want to do all the things because you are then so scattered. There's zero impact on, because you're doing a little bit of that. It's throwing mud at walls, but you don't want to miss out. And there's a huge amount of FOMO taking place. Yes. So what I want people to do is to understand you can let FOMO go. FOMO's fine without you. He's got a lot of people to keep him company. So you let right. FOMO go and you focus on one thing and you just say no. Oh, you should be on. Nope. You should write a book. Nope. Nope. I'm just going to focus on this platform. I'm going to get so good at it. And it's so juicy when you just let go of all that ADHD behavior, like just mm-hmm. da, 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 right? Because we're all becoming like that. We're all beca- nothing against ADHD people. I think we're all ADHD now because of social media. Mm-hmm. But to focus on one platform, go deep. And then when you go deep, then you integrate another one. And then you, you then this plate's still spinning and you haven't dropped it. It's not crashing to the ground. Right. And a lot of the problems I see are people do one thing, they do it kind of okay. They get a little bit of traction and then, oh, I'm going to go do this other thing. And then they turn their backs on it. The plate drops and crashes to the ground. And then what was starting to work doesn't work anymore. And now they're after the new shiny object. Okay. So when we think about what to do, Find a platform, make sure it makes sense for the audience that you've gotten clear about and get really good at it. No attention deficit. Stay <laughs> focused on what the platform is and get really good on it. And that might mean that you need to hire somebody to help you get really good on it. But you stay. I love that idea of just because you're starting to get traction. You know, mm-hmm. if you're out in the rainstorm and you're not getting wet because you have an umbrella, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, you don't throw away the umbrella because I'm not getting wet. So it's the same kind of, you know, it's like use that until you're really, really, I love that advice. I know the that I hope thing. everybody wrote that down. You know, there's a book called The One Thing. Yes. Right. It's the one thing. And it's so comforting when you're like, I'm just going to get better. I made almost a million dollars just on Facebook. Not you stay there. You got really good. Just got really good organically on Facebook. Personal profile and Facebook groups. Okay. I didn't even, it wasn't really through my own group. I was just starting my group and I wasn't really getting clients from there. Maybe a couple. And then I I got that. And I just then after I started on LinkedIn, a little bit, it was LinkedIn. Okay. Mm -hmm. But mainly I was known for Facebook and then I got really good at LinkedIn and then I moved to Instagram. And then we're now adding TikTok. So I didn't do it all at once. I waited till we had the bandwidth for me or my team. Now I have a bigger team. So now my team's helping me with TikTok. Right. But at first it was just me. I got to a million with just me and a part-time VA that worked a couple hours a day. And it was not even for the whole time. It was at the end of that. (laughs) So that's so helpful. And often one of my guests will say something, and I swear I see hands of the audience go up and say, (laughs) oh, could you tell us 
So would you be willing to dive in just a little bit more into what specifically did you, you said you did groups on Facebook and did you do like lives and posts or like what specifically in building those muscles, how specifically did you build your Facebook muscles? Okay. I started off just posting on my timeline and just creating content, but I didn't create it all at once. I didn't have any content. Nobody knew who I was. No one knew who I was. So I had none. People, oh, they knew her. No, I was a stranger to social media. I was mm-hmm. anti-social media because I used to coach just you know companies and it was you know from networking. So I just thought, okay, what do I do? I'm going to go on my timeline and start posting content. So it's just every day I posted a post. I, I would spend a couple hours in the morning starting creating that content. Well, the more you create, the less you have to create because I keep it archived and then we rewrite it. And you know, the more you do, the less you have to do with content's amazing. Okay. So I started and I started finding groups, just slowly finding groups that were aligned with me and that I was allowed to post in and, you know, like found a few and I got, eventually I'd move in and out and like, oh, this isn't really a good group for me. And eventually I found about four or five groups that were just loved me. They loved my content and I posted regularly. And, you know, you can't do lead gen in there, but it brought people. You're giving value, right? Yeah. It brought people to my actual, you know, they started friending me and they started watching, but you know, I was already at 30 K months before I even touched a Facebook live. So I didn't do Facebook lives for a few months. I just was like so busy just doing, and then I thought, oh, I should really start the lives. Then I started doing a regular Facebook live every Saturday and I don't do that anymore, but every now and then I'll do a Facebook live in my group. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm doing one in two days actually. And, And then, and then it was just people would see it and they'd come on and, and I, you know, I would, I would say, Hey, you want to get on a call? And then I would get clients that way. And so I started building my influencing just from Facebook and people were like, wow, you're such an influencer. I thought, am I? And they're like, well, yeah, because it just, it happened without me trying to be an influencer. When you try to be something, they were like, yes, you are. I'm like, well, I'm not even trying that. Yeah, you are I'm like, oh, am I? And I think that's the beautiful thing about process. You're just doing something. And while you're doing it, things are happening without trying to be. Does that make sense? Like It makes perfect sense. And I'm so grateful that you shared that because I think it takes away the confusion about, well, what does that mean to like get really good? And, And you being willing to lean into this is sort of brick by brick, how I did that takes away the fuzziness for the audience and gives a little more clarity about, oh, so that's how I pick a platform and begin to get better at it. So, and then it's just a matter of really, and I hate the word, but I'll use it because that's what people are saying. It, it is important to be authentic. Again, I don't love the word. So I guess it should be, it's really important to be like uh, you know, honest with yourself and others that you're not, it's not all, you know, faking it till you make it. I think that you should be bold. Okay. I should be bold and you should say what your message is. And I just always come out with my message. Some people don't like my message because it's very blunt. Like, you know, this whole interview, I've been very blunt, right? I'm known for that. I'm kind, but I'm not going to talk around or, you know, and some people don't like that, but some people love it. So what you're doing is you're polarizing your audience by being yourself. If I went out and I thought, oh, how am I going to be likable? You know, I didn't think that. Actually, I do have a post on on Instagram about how to be likable, but it's not what you think. It's about self-love. So, so that's it. It's, it's not, I'm trying to be likable. I'm not trying to be an influencer. I'm just saying what my piece is. This is my piece. This is it. And take it or leave it. And don't be vanilla. Folks, don't be vanilla. Be yourselves. 
the chocolate fudge chunk. Because those people that love chocolate fudge chunk, they are evangelists. They love you. Nobody's really raving about vanilla. Vanilla is great. It's fine. I like vanilla. Put stuff on it. But it's not like they're raving about vanilla, are they? No. So don't you want to just be brave enough to not worry about what people say when you're being yourself on social media? You know, you're just like, this is my message. And I just developed my message as I went. And I realized, okay, I do have a message. And I didn't think I did, but it develops. And that's what is great about process and development. Love that. I could talk to you for hours. Unfortunately, our time is running short. So let me ask you this. When we think about helping those who are listening to really thrive, to step into that space, you've shared some great experience based upon the thriving you've done, the thriving that your clients have done. Anything that is top of mind for you as we close out our time that you wanted to be sure that we focused on in our time together? Sure. There are three things people need to do. Okay. And this is so basic. You need to figure out what you actually want. You need to figure out what do I want? And then you need to figure out how to get that. And then you need to do it. It is really that simple. That is the secret to success. What do you want? What do you really want? Okay. And don't be in denial that you don't want it or do you want it. I want this. And don't be afraid to want it. And then figure out what do you actually need to do. It's not fiddling around, waking up every day and getting freebies. It's not. We all know that, right? And be clear. If you want it, go for it. If you don't really want it, then great. We're, we're good. Part is friends. Okay. What do you want? Deeply desire. What do you need to actually do to actually get it? And then do it. Three steps to success. So good. We're going to have links in the show notes of how to connect with Jean and learn more about the great work that she's doing in the world. Thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your expertise. It was worth gold. Oh, you're so welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Meg. So that's a wrap on another great interview. Thanks to Jean Omlar for sharing her expertise with us. And I continue my conversation with her in the Star Coach member community. If you'd like to know more about that, go to starcoachshow.com and explore the community. I am excited to welcome Dr. Gail Gazelle back to the show next week. We're going to be diving into six mindfulness practices that we can all lean into to restore our equilibrium and autonomy. So be sure to come back for that. As we wrap up the show today, I want to ask all of you who are credentialed coaches to take a moment and look to see when your credential is expiring. We are on three-year cycles and they come back pretty quickly. I know mine is due in December, and if your credential is coming up for renewal, you definitely want to pay attention to that. It's not fun to reestablish your credential. If you've already earned it, protect it. Know that you need 40 hours of continuing education, and if you're an ACC coach, 10 of those hours must be in mentor coaching. I do have one more mentor program starting in 2023, 
Would love to have you explore it at starcoachshow.com slash mentor. That's starcoachshow.com slash mentor. Whether you're an ACC or a PCC, leaning into mentor coaching and reconnecting with the competencies in your skill development is a key way to grow as a coach. So consider getting your core competencies through mentor coaching and check it out at starcoachshow.com slash mentor. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.